Hello, everybody, and welcome back to High School Not So Much a Musical. This podcast is part two of three of our talk with Mr. Seth Erickson, who you know is a professional storyteller. In the next two parts, Seth guides young entrepreneur Nidin Jaladunki, one of our co-hosts, through how to tell his own story about his startup, which got seed funding. Stay tuned to learn how you too can hack humans and get what you want. This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride to the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nidin Jaladunki and Ayush Agarwal. So Nidin has his own company called Combat Drones. I think he's getting prepared because he like wants to like pitch to you, for example, and try to get your feedback on it. So, mm-hmm. okay, um, sure. So for all the people who are watching on YouTube, we are doing this in video. So you'll actually be able to see the pitch deck that I'm sharing. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to go through like just the storytelling aspect of it, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of paint a picture. It's not the most like you can't relate to it a lot, but I just wanted to kind of hear how you could fix just this first like 20 to 30 seconds to make it a lot more engaging for the person. So just for everybody listening and for Mr. Erickson, Comet Drones is essentially just selling a better drone kit that combines everything else on the market. So we obviously know about DJI, we know about Parrot and how they're selling these thousands of dollars of drones. But the problem is those drones are just for flying and for people who already know how to use them. But for kids who are ages like 13 to 18, it's more important for them to learn how to use the drone, how to build the drone, how to code the drone, because that's where the actual knowledge comes in. It's really easy to just go and fly it, but if you're understanding why the drone is flying the way it is, it's a lot more intuitive on how the controls are working, how the code is being registered and stuff like that. So I'm not gonna do this in a very pitching, I'm just gonna be reading off the screen off my script, uh, exact opposite of what I'm supposed to do. But uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about how I could improve this, that would be great. So I'll just go ahead and start. Hi, I'm Nitin, the founder of Comet. As a kid, I loved taking apart tech like computers. And later I developed a fascination specifically with drones and struggled to build and code for months because all the educational materials are meant for adults. Drones are a growing industry that is projected to triple in size. But the problem is that like my kit, everything is focused on adults. That's where Comet comes in. A company focused solely on the high school drone education market. We're selling a unique combination of an entry-level drone kit and step-by-step online course, giving access to teachers and teen enthusiasts alike to markets that have previously been out of their price range, making drones more accessible. Let's talk more about the problem. Meet Patrick Egan, a drone expert who has been in the military for north of 20 years, having worked and created multiple drone businesses. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Patrick this weekend for an interview where we talked about how the drone industry is ever expanding. Drones are a super difficult industry for teens to understand, which acts as a barrier to get into the ground drawing industry. So that's like the first maybe like one minute to one and a half minute. So if you could just help us understand how to better improve that first minute and how to grab the people's attention because Personally, I don't think it grabs many people's attention because they can't directly relate to the problem. So how do you think I could position Comet so that more people can relate to it and I can story tell just with the first 30 minutes or 30 seconds or so? Yeah, so I would start I would start immediately with the problem, like the first words out of your mouth, right? So I would say something and 
I'm doing this in real time, so tweak the language as, as you see fit. But I would say um, drones are, are really expensive and really complicated. And, and because of that, it, it keeps a lot of people out of the market, especially teens, right? So, so we're saying problem, then we're going another level with the problem and saying, and because it's expensive, it's doing this, right? And then you could even go, and also this other thing is happening, but I wouldn't go past three points, right? Because again, the rule of threes, like, so you set up the problem and then maybe you have three subplots. Teens can't get access to it. Um, it costs too much and it's it's really complicated to try to like get in. So the bar there's a barrier of entry, right? And so, so that's the problem, right? And you set it up, break it down, go a little deeper on it. You can go even deeper, but I'm just take I'm riffing off of what you said. So there may be more there. I mean, you have more experience in this in this area. So, um, so I would go, I would go deeper into the problem. Um, like I said, this is this is very surface level, but you know, because of that, teens um, and 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 children or or whoever your audience is um, aren't able to get access to uh, flying drones, learning how to use them, learning how to how to put them together. Um, and so it's cutting out this whole set of the marketplace that really could, you know, enjoy being, you know, a, you know, in this in this industry. So um, so what what we're doing is we're, we've created this solution, right, which is your drone kits or whatever. Um, and the reason that we did that is because, you know, and this is where you could bring in your personal story. Like you have your personal story in there. I would move it further to the back, right? Because, you know, um, I always give like the 80-20 rule. 80% 80 should be about the other person, the other people. 20% should be about you. You don't need to have a long, complicated story about yourself. You just need to have a little bit going. I understand this problem because I've been a drone pilot or however you describe yourself, enthusiast. Um, for the last X years. And this is what I've seen. And so we came up with a solution to help people get into the marketplace. And when they start getting into the marketplace at a younger stage, this is what it's going to do for them. This is how it's gonna help them, right? So what are all the, the positive benefits, right? And, and then I would circle back around and say, but if they can't get into the marketplace and they're not able to do this stuff, then maybe they're just going to sit around and play video games or they're just going to like waste their time doing other stuff when they could be learning about technology. They could be growing their skill set. They could uh, be developing flying motor skills. I, I don't know what all the benefits of drone flying are. So I'm just, 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 just uh, totally riffing on this, but that's how I would set it up. Does that now, now that I've said that, does that seem more compelling to you than the way that you were doing it? Yeah, it's a lot more compelling because before I was just kind of giving my personal experience and just telling them what the product was, but I wasn't exactly telling them why they need the product and what they won't get if they what they won't get if they don't get the product. So I think that it's more about like right off the bat telling the customer why they need the product so that they're kind of grabbed in. And that's the thing that we see a lot on Shark Tank because on Shark Tank, they the first thing that they do is describe the problem because they say, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? It's just like the TV infomercial that you, like you mm -hmm. were saying, because mm -hmm. I've been on a Shark Tank binge for like the last one and a half months. And I've done, <laughs> that's all I've been watching, like the, the episodes from a few years ago, but that's what all of them do. They get the 
person captive and you can see that on the shark's faces they've experienced this problem before and that they kind of um explained it in such a way that anybody can relate this because i know that i've related to it so i think that yeah it helps a lot and thank you so much for your feedback yeah yeah so i mean the story you know isn't about the storyteller right that's one of the mistakes that people make is that i mean it can be right like if you're telling a personal story or whatever like that's fine but like in marketing the story is not the story about the storyteller the story is about the hero and um you know jonas Sachs said that in his book story wars in 2015 and then it's been something that um donald miller i think has popularized more um in his book uh story brand but they're, they're both right like um you know and and the thing is, is like we as humans are very self-interested. So if you start talking about yourself or talking about your company, but you don't tell me why it matters to me, um, I, I, I describe it as answering the why the hell should I care question <laughs> that, that every human has. Um, you know, and it's because we're, we're asking that question because they're, we're like, I need to know how this does something on my end. I don't care that your your drone is you know can do this or that or whatever until i do care and then maybe i want to know more about the specs or or the cost or whatever but first i need to know how this problem is going to help me or make my life better or create some transformation for me then i'm going to be like okay tell me more <laughs> you know um so that's that's why like just changing, I think, a few things in how you start the pitch and where you take it from there and how you kind of, like I said, you stick your finger in, in the problem and you say, and it, it's and because kids or teens are not getting in, into it at an early age or because of this or because of that, right? Like, I would be like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Or, huh, okay, you know, tell me more, you know? And, and then, yeah, like I said, move that personal story a little further back uh, because people, once they're interested in that, your idea, then they'll be interested in you as well. Then they'll be interested in all the, all the features, but really, you know, we need to set up the problem and, you know, make it a problem that like, that makes the brain go, oh, wait, there's something important here. This, I need to pay attention. Right. And then all that other stuff can be added in. So that's how I would, um, I would change it. And so hopefully that. Hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, it helps a lot. Thank you. Uh, I, I got a question for you. How many slides do you have like um, in your presentation? I think it's 13 to 15 because the the whole um, pitching for this one was that I was basically part of this like incubator. Mm -hmm. So we had only three minutes to pitch to like a, a round of, I mean, uh, an audience of like five VCs. So the total is a lot. It's a lot more. It's 31 slides. The thing is, what we aimed for was we wanted to keep it just with pictures. We didn't have any words on the slides. We maybe yeah. had like numbers, but it was very, very few words. And what we would do was we would say um, drones can be used in many industries from healthcare to recreation to law enforcement to shipping. And there were four slides just with the whole slide were just pictures of each of those like um, examples. Mm -hmm. So it was a total of 31 slides. Okay. So, yeah, so, uh, like one of the recommendations, um, and I have a, uh, an acquaintance of mine who also works with startups. Um, and we both like, he, he's, he tries to get 
his startups to do 15 to 20 slides max. Um, I say 20 to 30 because if you're telling a good story, they'll stay engaged a little bit longer, right? Um, but uh, usually what I see is 80 to 100. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, well, why can't we have all these? Well, okay, uh, let me just give you some basic facts. Um, when the brain reads facts and figures, only two parts of the brain light up. When it hears a story, seven parts light up. They did a study where, you know, they asked somebody to stand up and give a presentation with, with a bunch of slides and it was all data. And at the end, they at, they kind of did a survey with, with the audience and, and they found that like the retention rate was somewhere between 20 to 30%. Whereas when somebody got up and told a story, the retention rate was 70 to 80%, right? And, and so I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but anybody who's older, who's worked in the corporate world knows that there's these meetings, you sit there for an hour, an hour and a half, and there's a hundred slides. And then you walk away from the meeting going, I don't remember anything that person said, like literally nothing, right? Because it all bounced off, right? <laughs> so it's just because only, only those two parts of the brain are lighting up. And, and when, when you have the story, I mean, that's where I kind of gave the analogy. It's like having a raid server, right? Like we need to engage all these parts of the brain so that the story is kind of getting copied all around. And when, when the memory goes through and starts cleaning up, which it has to do, because we would just be <laughs> incapable of doing anything if it didn't have a cleaning process, um, then it's more likely that that story will survive. But also, like I said, if you can make that emotional connection, then we know that will also move out that your story out of the short term in, into the long term memory. And people will remember you even if they're like, well, I'm not really into drones, right? But they might remember that and they may go, oh, yeah, I remember those guys were doing some drone thing like a couple of years ago. I wonder if that still exists. Google. Oh, look, there's the company. I want to buy a drone for my kid. You know what I mean? Like. So if people can carry these things around and remember you over, over over time because you told a good story and you brought that emotion into it, then you never know when that's going to come back around because <laughs> that story is still rattling around in their head. So um, just just a few other thoughts for you. I think from our viewpoint, like us being three high school students, uh, like for example, two years ago, our teachers, they would always just put a bunch of notes on the slide, like a bunch of words. Everyone would just be like furiously writing down, trying to like <laughs> write down everything, thinking that, oh, they'll understand everything. But then the second I'll leave the classroom, I'll forget everything I just learned because instead of actually trying to attentively listen to what, the, like the story the teacher is giving almost, I'm just trying to write this thing down and I don't even know what I'm writing down, like sometimes. Mm -hmm. so I won't like even remember what I wrote. But now like um, a lot of our teachers are progressing to like, for example, like instance, uh, just pictures on the text. So in our history, class it's throughout the entire year basically our teacher is telling us the story of u.s history so it's just a bunch of pictures and he has his speaker notes obviously which are mm -hmm. sort of like notes and everyone just like attentively listens they're not writing down notes or anything and then he'll share the slide with us when we get home so if we want to review a quiz or a test we can always just go in with any speaker notes or like, like the facts but just to get the overall gist we're listening to what what our teacher is saying through like these pictures and the story and we retain a lot more information than just trying to purely write. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I liked history because it was mostly stories, right? Yeah. What happened at this battle? What happened with this, you know, political thing? What happened with this, you know, whatever, um, you know, law was enacted or whatever? Like, um, 
quite often there was a story around it and that made it easy um, for me to remember. I, I swear I didn't even open my history book rarely because my teacher was good at just telling the story. And um, that teacher in particular was very excited about the subject too. So there, he, he was up there animated and da, 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 and this thing happened and, it, and this other thing happened, you know, and you're just like, just <laughs> tunnel vision on that teacher. Um, whereas, you know, you have other teachers who are like, uh, they're like, uh, uh, Ben Stein and, and Ferris Bueller's day off. He's like, this is the, you know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I can't barely stay awake listening to this person talk. Like there's not even emotion there. Like, even if there wasn't a story, if there was more enthusiasm and excitement, those mirror neurons would fire your brain would start to get a little bit more connected to the information, even if it wasn't in a story. But again, story is 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 the most effective pattern. So, like, if you could, you know, tell stories, um, even as you're teaching, you know, then yeah, like the, the all those brains in the classroom will just lock on like heat seekers, you know. <laughs> so um, our teachers, they obviously have like a vision of making sure we understand. All the information they're giving us and like for our ap classes make sure that we get a vibe on that right. yeah. and also like many motivational speakers they're always talking about the importance of having like or having an idea of where you want to go in life and in the same way it's important to like, have a short and long-term plan for your business so how is it that having a strong vision will help guide a business's story and brand? sure so uh i'll just analogize it for you um the trying to run a company without a vision is like driving a car without a steering wheel. You can push on the gas, you can make things go forward, you can slow them down, you can stop, but you're probably not gonna have any direction, which means you could go off a cliff. You might drive into the sea or into a ditch, right? Because you didn't have a clear understanding of where you wanna go. And so the way that I define vision is that it's a future state, right? This is like, we wanna fly to um, from LA to New York, or we want to go from LA to New York. Okay, well, how are we going to do that? Well, we could take a train, we could walk, we could ride a bike, we could take a car, <laughs> you know, there's lots of different ways of doing that. Well, that's kind of the mission. What are we doing today to prepare for and to get towards that goal? So, um, so let's say we want to fly. Okay, what time do we want to fly, right? Like, do we want to fly at, out at six in the morning? Do we want to take a red eye, right? What are we packing to take with us? You know, um, it's New York, it's fall. Ooh, probably should take some heavier, you know, winter type gear because it can be cold in New York, right? So, um, so that is, that's what I define as the mission portion. Cause like people always like, they'll say, oh, this is my vision. And I'm like, that sounds like your mission, right? You're just saying what you're doing to get towards that thing or the mission and the vision are, are so vanilla that it's like, I don't even, you don't even have a vision. <laughs> like, like, so, um, so it's important to have a vision. And, and I, I talk about this in the book because I started a web design agency because people paid me money to do web design and I was good at it, but I didn't ever have a clear vision of where the company was going. And I felt lost a lot, a lot of times. It's like, what do we do? Well, get more clients. Okay. I mean, sure. Let's get more clients. But like, there was no, like, to me, like, I think, you know, part of your purpose is tied up in that vision, right? Like when you have a vision, um, 
then every day you can wake up and go, oh, okay, what can I do today to get there, right? Like, how can I take a step forward towards that that future place that I want to get to? Um, I never plan on writing a book. The reason I wrote the book was like, oh, well, if our vision is to reduce the startup failure rate by 10%, how can I do that, right? And then think, I'm thinking backwards from, from that goal that I want to get to. Okay, well, what if I wrote a book and educated people on this topic and gave them something that they could use in their business, whether I can work with them or not, or they can talk to me or not, right? Um, one of the other things was podcasts. <laughs> How can I get in front of a larger audience and help them, you know, with the information that I have? Okay. When I saw when I saw your show pop up, I was like, high schoolers, man, I want to talk to those guys because I would love for, for this group of people to get this knowledge now and not have to like struggle and fight and and screw up and <laughs> lose money and sleep and everything else uh, to learn these lessons. So if I can start educating, you know, these high schoolers on, um, you know, what is the purpose of story? Why do we use it? How do you do it effectively? Um, then like with, with you guys, when you go to pitch, you have a higher likelihood of, of success. Like storytelling is not a magic bullet, but it'll get you a lot closer to the target. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's our vision, but I can wake up every day and go, okay, how do I, how do I reduce that number? Right. Cause I, I have a specific goal. And the other thing that, um, the other analogy I use is like building a strong vision is like building a home that other people can see themselves living in. So when you have that strong vision, guess what? Your team goes, oh, I know what my role is and how I'm going to help us get to that future state, right? Because I'm really good at accounting. And if I keep the numbers good for the business, then the business will, you know, continue to go on. I'm really good at design. If I can design, you know, colorful, creative things, that'll continue to help us get our message out there, right? Like I'm kind of just talking in general terms, but a vision should also unite the people around you, right? Because it's not about you. And that's another area where I see people going way off the rails with their vision. It's like, I want to make $2 million by next quarter. So what? That, that, that doesn't help humanity. It doesn't help anybody else. It's all about you needing more money. It's like that, that there's, that's not going to inspire any purpose or passion inside of me. It's like, great, go make your $2 million, dude. But when, you know, when I tell people about like, we're trying to reduce the startup failure rate, I've had, you know, many different people go, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. Or, Hey, uh, I love what you're doing. You should talk to this guy over here. He could probably help you or that, that girl over there, you know, she can help you. Right. So it starts pulling people together also, um, in, in the direction you want to go. And so you tend to pick up, you know, it's like starts turning into you know, freaking Lord of the Rings. It's like, like we got, we got the main hero and he's like, I got to get this ring to Mordor. And then all of a sudden we got a ranger, we got an elf, we got a dwarf, you know? And it's like, cause they're all part of that vision. They're like, yeah, this is important. We need to do this thing, you know? And it starts bringing people together. Um, it starts giving them purpose or, or if they have the specific skills, they can see how that comes together. So, so it's really hugely important. Um, you know, cause like I said, we, you know, in the web design agency, it was just like, what are we doing? Well, we do web design because we're good at it. 
but I, you know, uh, at a certain point I was like, I wasn't waking up in the morning going, I'm really glad I'm a web designer because I had no purpose. I had no vision. I didn't have a, like a thing I was striving towards, like a goal, you know, something that I wanted to obtain. I just had make more money. Well, that's great. But when you have enough money, then what do you do? <laughs> you know, when your when your addiction to food and shelter has been managed, what, what what's next after that? <laughs> you know, so um, so that's that's actually um, even though you know the book is about storytelling, I added it as a bonus chapter to the book because I'm like, this is important. This is also needed information, so I'm going to put it in here anyway, even though nobody asked. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. If you found Mr. Erickson's storytelling narrative interesting, make sure to check out his book, How to Hack Humans. Check out the link in the description to preview chapter one for free. Additionally, make sure to listen to part three of our podcast with Mr. Erickson, which will be released in the coming weeks. And see you next time. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal and Nitin Jaldanki. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.